following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. It's a Moneyline Monday presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app on the huge show across Michigan. And tonight you can get in on the action. Do you like San Diego State or UConn? Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use code HUGE when you sign up to get the promo hookups and pick your national champion and so many same game parlays and everything going on tonight on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. And always use code HUGE when you sign up. After downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app, it is a Moneyline Monday presented by DraftKings on the Michigan Sports Network. Are you ready for huge opinions on the Lions, Tigers, Wings, Pistons, Michigan, MSU, and every sports team in the state of Michigan? It's time for the huge show. From the east side to the west side to the UP, the huge show is on air statewide on the Michigan Sports Network. Voice your huge opinions now at 1 866 838 HUGE. That's 1 866 838 4843. Now, the huge one, Bill Simonson. What's up, Michigan? It's our number two on the only show, Willing to Tell Like It Is. We're all about huge opinions, big name guest. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer. Inside this hour, Dan Hasty, Tigers High A affiliate radio voice for the West Michigan Whitecaps, will join us. We'll get his thoughts on the Tigers. 0-3 start. They open up three-game series tonight against the Astros in Houston. And then opening day on Thursday afternoon in downtown Detroit against the Red Sox. Now I'll be live Wednesday, 3 until 6, at the DraftKings Social House inside Somerset Mall in Troy with our affiliate The Roar out of Detroit. Chris Ballas from TheWolverine.com will join us live. Joe Davis out of Potterville, Michigan, via the Meyer Guest Line, voice of the Dodgers. We'll talk Tigers home opener, Michigan spring football, and also Michigan hoops. That will be on Wednesday, Thursday, 10 a.m. until around 1240. I'll be at Tin Roof for our huge pregame bash presented by DraftKings. That's right across from the ballpark, so stop out and enjoy a nice cold bush light with us. That's at Tin Roof on Thursday from 10 a.m. until a little afternoon prior to the Tigers' home opener against the Red Sox on Wednesday night at the DraftKings Social House inside Somerset Mall in Troy. You want to join in our Bushlight Huge Question of the Day? Off of all the conversation, heated debates, and more, there has never been more interest or a bigger NCAA women's tournament than what we all just watched. Yeah, I stated an hour ago in my opening huge opinion that I didn't like Angel Reese after the game's over, trash talking, walking up, following, hunting down Clark to show her the hand gesture and the ring on the finger gesture. That was uncalled for. That's it. It's my only issue. It was the best women's basketball I've ever watched. And I'm telling you right now, going into the finale tonight for the men, 
in the NCAA tournament. UConn should win that game by double digits. The college game, men and women, much more watchable and entertaining than the NBA or the WNBA. That's a fact, Jack. It is. I'm arguing with people yesterday on Twitter. All oh, the WNBA is better basketball. No, I'm sorry. It's not. Oh, the NBA. Look at the star power. Oh, you mean the stars? I don't know who's playing. They're taking days off. They play no defense. There's no strategy. There's no passion until you get to the playoffs. I'll take college basketball, men and now women, over the WNBA and the NBA. I, I can say this. I don't know if I've ever watched a WNBA game, ever, since the league started. I told you when the WNBA started, I claimed on air that there wasn't a woman on earth that could beat me in one-on-one basketball. One-on-one. I, up to 21, twos and threes. I made sure I had an NBA referee so no one would think I'm just going to play hack-a-huge and foul these women. I'll tell you that story coming up later this hour. It was amazing in Austin, Texas. Right now, let's go talk to Dan Hasty, radio play-by-play voice of the Tigers' high A affiliate the Midwest League, the West Michigan Whitecaps. We'll get his thoughts on the farm system and also uh, the Tigers' opening weekend in Tampa, how you doing, Daniel? Yeah, do we have to talk about that Tigers opening Ooh, weekend? <laughs> man. Not the not the ideal way to start your summer, but then again, I mean, I guess that lowers expectations or changes expectations, and if that was the idea, then success, I suppose. Well, and that's where I'm at, Dan, and I opened up an hour ago on this Monday broadcast with a year ago, you know, we're thinking with the addition of Baez, Eduardo Rodriguez from the Red Sox, Austin Meadows from a quality contender like Tampa. Uh, the Torkelson Green era was set to begin at the big league level together. Uh, the starting pitching had, you know, the Mises, and we were all excited about the future. And I had expectations that they would contend for a wild card. Now, a year later, there are none. But I will tell you, sitting in Tropicana Field on Thursday for the opener, I think what the Tigers have right now are a lot of guys who aren't everyday major leaguers in that lineup. I really do. Well, well, and I'll tell you this. I think right now they're going to go through some, some, some significant growing pains. And the reason for that is this. I do believe that now the Tigers do have a lot more of the processes in place that good teams have. Now, do they have good enough players? I guess we'll have to wait and see. But they're now really, with Scott Harris in there, they're diving into giving their players a lot of the same resources as the Tampa Bay Rays of the world, the L.A. Dodgers is of the world. And now they're learning how to use that information. And I, I think there's a real argument to be made that they didn't have that before. They, they were very behind the eight ball. As much as, you know, the Tigers wanted to, to sell you otherwise, they didn't have a lot of what some of the big teams were able to give to their players. But 
that was one of the big earmarks of the Scott Harris entrance into the Tiger system is that they did not want to be in a spot where they didn't feel like they were giving their current roster all the resources necessary to succeed. And unfortunately, they just didn't have that in the past. So now they're banking on the fact that they do. And now you have to hope and see that they have kind of the Scott Harris trademark of making the current roster better than maybe they actually are. If that's going to come into focus as the season goes along. I know that that's something that has been considered a strength for Scott Harris at his other stops in the past. So when you look at what they could do, let's just say for the sake of this conversation and Dan Hasty, voice of the Tigers, high affiliate in the Midwest League, the West Michigan Whitecaps, joining us on the Meyer guest line, that they don't hit again in the Houston series. So now you get to the home opener Thursday against the Red Sox, and granted the Rays into the Astros, into the Red Sox, really into their month of uh, April is pretty stout competition, but if they don't start hitting, I know it's a 162-game season, as I said an hour ago, there's no need to panic after three games, but what's the first moves that could happen if they aren't hitting? And I'm talking within what A.J. Hinch has to work with right now on the Major League roster. I think they're going to hit. I think at some point in the near future, they are going to start hitting. I know that last year was like an offense of historically bad proportions. I get it. But I do think that they're going to be better in that area. It just didn't look like it here after the first couple of days. Um, but all that being said, if they do go down to the minor leagues and, and they go find a Parker Meadows or, or somebody like that, I mean, look, it's just going to come down to who is producing at, at that level. But I, I do think that they'll find their way out of this, this paper bag, so to speak. I mean, it's been a brutal start, but I, I do think that they have what's going to be necessary for these guys to get better as the season goes on. I think some of these guys are doing a lot of things for the very first time. They're, they're learning a lot. I know at the major league level, it's not the ideal place to be having to, quote, learn. But this is one of the opportunities that get afforded to players. You think about the Nick Matons and the Matt Beerlings in the world. They're going to be able to learn as big leaguers and as everyday big leaguers. These guys are going to get a chance to play every single day. So I think that they're going to figure it out. I don't think it's going to be two runs over the course of three games. All, all that much more, but I know it's not the start that the Tigers wanted, and I don't think it's going to be something that continues either. You know, if you would have told me a week ago, Dan, that you would get the innings you got out of uh, Wentz and Rodriguez, I would say the Tigers might be 2-1 and one right now. Seriously. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the Tampa Bay Rays, they're the poster boy. I mean, they're the, as good as it gets when it comes to player development. Nobody has their young players ready to be impact players and contributors once they make for the major leagues than the Tampa Bay Rays. So, I mean, there's a reason that when the Tigers were looking to round out their front office that they decided to bring in the, the person who was running Tampa Bay Rays drafts for the last decade to be their assistant general manager. I mean, they know that this is how it's supposed to look. They know where they need to be, they know what trees they need to be barking up. So to that end, I give them credit because the Dodgers 
in Tampa Bay are considered to be two of the best front offices as it pertains to player development. And they have really loaded up their staff with a lot of people who think and act along those same lines. Man, look at Torkelson, Viraline, Scope, uh, Maton, Kreidler, and Haas between them. Okay, I think we're talking seven guys between them total. Two hits in the first three games. Mm. And, you know, I will say this. To Tampa Bay's credit, they are probably the team that can teach the master class on matchups and how to optimize matchups. I mean, they've got as much data. I mean, for all the, the money that they don't spend at the major league level, they spend a ton of money on those behind-the-scenes things like matchups and analytics and minor league development and things like that. So they are spending money. They just don't spend money the same way that a lot of major league teams and their fans want their teams to be spending. But, I mean, go, go look. The proof is in the last three games that you just watched. I mean, those guys, they know exactly what they're doing. I will say, like I said, uh, Wentz and Eduardo Rodriguez impressed with their uh, innings that they could give before they had to go to the pen. Work in progress. Uh, I'm not shocked. Uh, I do agree that you know Tampa's a team that could be there uh, winning the American League at the end of the year, even though the Yankees look extremely powerful. It is kind of crazy to see a guy, you know, I know you follow the farm, and you see Trace Thompson, who was once in the Tigers organization, have three homers and eight RBIs the other night for the Dodgers. But then again, when you're in the Dodgers lineup and you're Trace Thompson, you're seeing pitches to hit. <laughs> well, and look at it this way too, Bill. He, he was never, Trace Thompson is a great example of the fact that up until recently, the Tigers just didn't have the necessary processes in place to make Trace Thompson a thing at the major league level. The L.A. Dodgers, they do have those things available to them. But the Tigers did not. And I know that they made it a priority this offseason to upgrade and put themselves in a position where they can have that type of a breakout player, somebody that does have that available. Here's the, here's the truth of the matter. Trace Thompson, if he was still in the Tiger system, would still be probably in AAA Toledo. Probably not, nowhere near a big league roster. But the Dodgers, they had some things in place to identify him as somebody that could come up and help them. They were able to implement those things, and to their credit, they were right. It was never going to happen for him as a Detroit Tiger. So to that end, I'm really happy for him because, I mean, if it wasn't going to happen here, I'm glad it happened for him somewhere else. But I I think that's something that the Tigers will look at, and whether it's a guy like that or maybe an Esau Paredes who ended up in Tampa last year and had some success, they really looked inward during this past offseason, and they said, okay, why is this happening? Why is this happening or not happening with us as opposed to where it is happening with other teams and in other places? So I think they took some steps this offseason to change that, and I'm curious to see how that plays out, not only in the major leagues, but in the minor league levels this season as well. You know, speaking between the major and the minor leagues and how things play out, is Torkelson going to hit his way to stay in the big leagues, or could he end up back in Toledo getting more seasoning with the mud hens? I don't think it's necessary. I mean, you, you look at some of the important numbers, the numbers that matter. 
better from over the course of the weekend and get the ball hard. And as long as he's in the ball hard, it's going to even itself out as the season goes on. I mean, all they can ask the guy to go up is, is make hard contact. And he did that a ton. So I'm encouraged about that. I mean, I think I saw a bunch of his exit velos over a hundred miles per hour over the weekend. If he continues to do that, the rest will take care of itself. We talked about it last week and he's going to be fine. Um, to, to what level, I don't know. Cause we talked about this when we were filling in for you on Thursday's show. Is like, he's a first baseman, and he's a right-handed first baseman. So he has to not only hit for power, but he's got to hit for more power than most guys. He's got to hit for average, but he's got to hit for a better average than most guys. If he's going to be an asset as a first baseman, he's going to have to be something in the neighborhood of 300 30 homers, 100 RBIs. But I do think that's well within his range of possibilities. Good thing is, through 11 at bats, the opening weekend in Tampa, only two strikeouts, like you mentioned, uh, putting the bat on the baseball. So we'll see what Torque does starting tonight in Houston. Dan Hasty, voice of the Tigers, high A affiliate, the West Michigan Whitecaps in the Midwest League, joining us on the Meyer Guest Line. Uh, when do the Whitecaps uh, open up their season? Opening night is April 6th. That is Thursday. So it's the same day as the Tigers' home opener. They'll be playing in the afternoon. The Whitecaps will be playing in the evening. They've got the the Fort Wayne Tin Caps. That's the San Diego Padres Midwest League affiliate. And they traded, the San Diego Padres traded so many of those players away last year so they could go get Juan Soto for the big league team. So it was a decimated team. Remember that picture of uh, Will Smith from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air just standing in the empty living room? That was basically the Fort Wayne Tin Caps the last two months of the season last year. So I'm guessing that they still don't have exactly all of their losses recouped from that. So I think it could be a fun night for the Whitecaps, a fun weekend for the Whitecaps. But it starts at 635 over at uh, LMCU Ballpark come Thursday night. Dan, uh, thanks for filling in last Thursday when I was over at Tropicana Field or down uh, at Tropicana Field in Tampa. Solid job, my friend. Appreciate your thoughts on uh, weekend one for the Tigers in 2023 and enjoy that home opener for the Whitecaps Thursday night here on the west side of the state. Always a pleasure, my friend. You got it. All right, Dan Hasty checking in on the Meyer Guest Line. And Meyer proud to be longtime partners with your Detroit Tigers. Speaking of minor league action, you got the Whitecaps on Wednesday here on the west side of the state. You also got the Lugnuts in Lansing and the Great Lakes Loons, the Dodgers, high A affiliate at beautiful Dow Diamond in Midland, also a home to our longtime radio affiliate, where you can hear the huge show weekdays at three in the Midland Bay City Saginaw area on one hundred point nine FM. Now I know those in the Bay region are excited about Game Three tonight in the OHL first round series between the Saginaw Spirit. And the Flint Firebirds. Game three is tonight at the Dort Financial Center in Flint. Game four is on Wednesday in Flint. Get your tickets at flintfirebirds.com or the Dort Financial Center box office. Spirit are up two games to none. They had a complete sellout this past Friday night at the Dow Event Center in downtown Saginaw. And I know Goose Goslin, very proud of his organization. So now the Flint Firebirds have to hold home ice and get W's tonight and Wednesday against Saginaw. Get those tickets at flintfirebirds.com and also the Dort Financial Center box office.
in Flint. From St. Joseph to Midland, this show is huge. Godsmack, live and in your face. Friday, May 26th at Soaring Eagle Casino, plus Bad Wolves. And St. Show, St. Night, Bullet for My Valentine. Tickets start at $28 on sale now at the Soaring Eagle Box Office or etix.com. Party hard, rock harder. Godsmack, May 26th, part of the Soaring Eagle Summer Outdoor Concert Series. Roast Umber is a farm direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And also the Nitro Cold Brew Coffee is a convenient and healthy option for energy with no sugar additives. Look for it at your local retailer or at RoastUmber.com. Bigger than any box score, local sports are a victory for the entire community. Building up leaders, breaking down barriers, connecting generations, teaching integrity blazing a trail, sparking our economy. That's why Meyer sponsors hundreds of local sports teams throughout the Midwest. From Little League to the Big Leagues, uniforms to stadiums, Meyer knows when we support the home team, we all win. Have you ever played golf at Tullymore? St. Ives. Have you experienced a stay-and-play package in Canadian Lakes, Michigan, less than an hour north of Grand Rapids? Well, here's what you need to do if you want to take advantage of great deals right now. Go to TullymoreGolf.com. That's TullymoreGolf.com, and you'll see the link for packages, accommodations, dining, meetings, weddings, events, and so much more. And especially golf on the 18-hole layout at Tullymore and the 18-hole at St. Ives, and they can accommodate any group, whether it's two people getting together or 200 looking for a weekend or an overnight celebration that includes a little business, golf, great food, and beverages. Just go to TullymoreGolf.com. That's TullymoreGolf.com. They're located in Canadian Lakes, Michigan, less than an hour north of GR. Get more info at TullymoreGolf.com. show is back live across Michigan. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer on a Moneyline Monday presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Tonight you got the NCAA Men's Championship game with San Diego State and UConn. Get in on the action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code HUGE when you sign up to get the promo hookups. We threw out our Bush Light huge question of the day. 
How many people listening right now watched more of the NCAA Women's Tournament this year than ever before? That poll is trending around 66%. I told you to start the broadcast that I've never watched as much NCAA Women's Basketball as I did during this year's tournament. And you ask yourself, okay, Caitlin Clark is a draw. South Carolina was undefeated. You had the talent of LSU, which really caught my attention when they played Michigan early in the tournament. I'm like, man, these girls can ball. So the question is, why the mega TV ratings? Why my interest as a sports fan and not just a statewide sports radio host? And I think it's the elevation of the game. You know, Caitlin Clark and the Pistol Pete Maravich, Larry Bird female thing she could do. The depth of LSU, a bench that could give you 24 in the first half. You looked at South Carolina, they seemed to be unbeatable, but Iowa got them, and Caitlin Clark had a magic night. And if you take away all the drama, that really shows the sport has reached a level when people are talking about it for 24 hours on Twitter and the 9,000 cable and satellite channels and everywhere you turn. No matter what side you were on with Reese and Clark, and they both could have been wrong, and both could have been right. The game splashed like never before. Is it as good as the men? No. Is it the four quarters? Is it more exciting? I, I don't. It was it. You know, Caitlin Clark just was must see TV. There were storylines which you need in sports. Has the game finally connected to the casual sports fan? Is it the betting that's going on out there now? You could bet on those games on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. I'm curious because I'm just a sports fan at the end of the day. And I really think great teams and great individuals draw me to watch any sport. It could be Messi and Argentina, right? And the World Cup. It could be South Carolina or LSU or an individual like a female Larry Bird and Caitlin Clark. And right, he knows hoops, has a great Twitter feed, uh, connected, breaks it down. He's standing by to talk about Michigan basketball that we'll get to in a moment. But Ant, first, your thoughts on why there is so much interest in this year's NCAA Women's Tournament. Unprecedented things, numbers, uh, player interest, Twitter conversations that we've never seen before. Why? What's your view on it? Well, well like my view is like this. Uh, I think I think the lack of parity um, when you're looking back, you, you have these dynasties, right? You had Tennessee at one point. You had, you know, uh, UConn. I didn't think that kind of hurt the sport because people kind of knew who the best teams were in, like, Baylor, right? Now there's so much more parity because the talent in the women's game has never been this high before. Um, I've watched film on the Nike girls' AAU circuit, Under Armour circuit. I'm telling you, there is so much talent out here to go around now. They all can't just go to one school. So because there's more talent going to multiple schools, you're going to see more 
coaching get involved. There's a reason why UConn hasn't won a national title since 2016, and that's because the talent isn't just going to one school, right? Because there's now not just three or four women who are way above everybody else. There are dozens and dozens and dozens. So they're sprinkled all around the country now. So then that's why we can have an LSU team as a three seed win the national championship over an Iowa team. And you have a team like South Carolina, who's won 42 straight, lose um, in their storylines. People are starting to understand that, listen, man, just because they're women, people have this, have this perception that they're not competitive. They are just as competitive as the men in terms of wanting to go out there, win, beat the brains out of the opposition. Look at what, uh, you know, what Caitlin Clark did. Look at what Haley Van Lift has done um, for, uh, uh, for her school. I mean, like very, very animated. And there's more coming. There's more coming. Like, trust me. What? Just wait. Just wait. Just wait. There's this girl from California named Juju. She, she can hoop. I mean, it's, if this is going to be women's basketball is in a very, very good spot, and I only see it getting way, way better. But the biggest part about it is the talent level and the difference between the great and the good player. That gap is is like closer than it's ever been, and it's really awesome to see. I've enjoyed women's hoops forever, but being able to see everyone else enjoy it too, um, I just love it. I just love it. And right, uh, follow him on Twitter. Uh, great Twitter feed. Also, Basketball Insider on both sides, men's and women's, and even uh, into the top shelf with the NBA joining us on the Meyer Guest Line here on the Huge Show across Michigan. Uh, the Clark-Reese uh, back and forth. I didn't mind it on the free throw line. I don't mind it on the floor. I thought afterwards my only problem, Ant, was that she kind of tracked her down, did the ring, did the see-me again that she had already done on the free-throw line. I thought she was out of line there. I don't mind smack talk uh, in-game uh, free-throw line. There's a lot said, uh, but that's my only problem. It didn't change my thought process on how good Ellis she was and the fact they scored 102 points and that they wore out Clark a little bit and she only got 30. I love how I only use she only got 30. But uh, you played the game. Uh, you follow it. Uh the trash talk uh, from the Reese, Caitlin Clark situation. What was your immediate opinion? And maybe a day later, what are you thinking? Immediately, um, I think that I, I, I don't like it if you're not doing it throughout the game. Like, you got to do that when, you know, second, third quarter. Um, but then at the very, very end, when you know the game's in hand, you know, that was a little bit much. For me, it's a little bit much, but um, once again, just one of those things where like women are trying to, they are trying to, uh, you know, it could be a lot of frustration too from like not getting the same love as the, as like the men's team and, you know, being able to like let people know that, hey, we're here too. Um, Andrew Reese was the best player on the national championship team. Um, she's been the best player for LSU this entire season, 6-3 forward, really hard to guard, transferred from Maryland. LSU had three Big Ten players um, on that team. One played for Rutgers, Ohio State, Maryland. So um, I don't think it was so much of uh, – I don't think it was so much of her – I think she was very in the moment. 
and not really worried about what people thought or what people said. It did come off as a bit, as a bit crass, as a bit rough. Um, and, uh, you know, people thought it was a bit corny to, you know, act like that after you know that you won the game. Um, but overall, I just think it's, I think it is a bit overblown though, but, um, the fact that, you know, since when have we talked about women's basketball 24 hours Amen. after it happened? That's so, what I'm telling people, and I'm saying, hey, man, you can have your opinion. Everybody has a right to their opinion. Twitter lives to overblow everything. Music, yeah. politics, entertainment, movies, sports, uh, so be it. Uh, the transfer portal. Uh, LSU, yeah. uh, nine transfer portal players. So, uh, and the transfer portal can be hit or miss. You can ask uh, Michigan State in terms of Coach Tucker, and one year you can hit and you go 11-2, and two, and the next year you don't have the chemistry and you uh, massively don't exceed expectations, but it worked for LSU. Is this going to be a trend that we're seeing on the men's side, more on the women's side when it comes to NCAA hoops? Well, I've said this for about a year now. Every single high major team, even if you're like a mid-major as well, if you don't have a general manager role on your team, you're missing out. You need someone who knows how to construct your roster. You need to un- you, you need people to try to uh, retain the important pieces on your own roster, and then and then a team that is going out there filtering. Hey, who's who? Hey, they're good, but let's dig a bit deeper. You know, is are are there some red flags there? Is there a reason why? they were suspended for a game. Is there a reason why they struggled for a, a couple weeks here and a couple weeks there? Is there a reason why they had a certain outburst at a certain point in time? You've got to really do your due diligence. And you know, never we've able to, we have been able to build a program or a team as fast as we can today. And a lot of that is because of the portal. You know, we, you know back to women's basketball, Kim Mulkey, she she took over this team what in twenty one in twenty twenty one, and her first season was last year in twenty one twenty two. Then she was a national championship in year two, right? So that's just one of those examples. Like you can go out there and you can you can <laughs> you can literally fix your team overnight. San Diego State that's going to play tonight. Same thing. Bunch of transfers, a bunch of veterans. Um, even this UConn team, like Tristan Newton, that dude transferred in, like, and he's a huge, huge part of this UConn team. And, like, you need someone on staff who was just going to overdo it. Look at Eric Musselman. He's contacted, like, 100 transfers. Like, he works. Him and his staff work. If you're not having guys who go out there and work, who are constantly out there, you know, making sure that their program is being seen, um, then you're going to fall behind fairly quickly. And I think one of the best transfers to get are the ones that are coming off of their freshman or sophomore season. The main reason because that is you'll, you only get a one-time transfer where you can play right away. If a freshman transfer comes in, he's with you for three years. If he leaves again, he has to sit out. So you're getting these freshman and sophomore transfers who can help you right away, but you also know that if they help you today, they're not going to leave tomorrow or else they have to sit. 
So you have to evaluate who is going to be beneficial as like a grad transfer or like a senior, junior transfer who's only going to be there for maybe a year or two. Um, I, who can help you now? Who could like to do like a really quick band-aid? Or those who are going to be program builders where you can get those one, two-year transfer guys in who are going to stay there for the long run. So you need a general manager to be on staff. If you don't, then your staff needs to work overtime. So I think a lot of programs have to figure that out. Duke, I think Duke has a general manager. And what what is able to happen with them? They were a fifth seed. They kind of, you know, they you know, they were they were very young this year. They had a they had about three or four marginal NBA draft prospects. A couple that would have went late first round. They're returning for next season, and that is huge, huge. So, you know, you have to be able to find you have to be able to find someone on your staff who's a, who's able to one retain your key pieces, and go find you those key pieces so you can be good pretty much right away. And right, Basketball Insider, follow him on Twitter, A-N-T-W-R-I-G-H-T. Speaking of the portal, uh, the shock of Hunter Dickinson. Was it a shock to you, and where will he end up playing this fall? Was it a shock to me? No, it wasn't a shock to me. Um, uh, He could have very easily left last year. So the fact that he stuck it out another year, I mean, good for him. So uh, it wasn't too much of a shock to me. Um, now, his his high school coach, Mike Jones, uh, he worked at Virginia Tech as an associate head coach. He just got hired in today by Kevin Willard at Maryland. So at first, I thought Maryland would not be a destination at all, but that could be one. Of course, Georgetown could be one. Um uh, you know, UConn could be another one. I mean, Arkansas. I mean, Kentucky. He he has a pick of wherever he wants to go. Like, if you you're talking about someone who's going to be a top three big man in the entire country next year, so he has his picking of where to go. And you know, with NIL, you know they're going to have offers for him as well. Where I, I will not be shocked if if he's making mid-high six figures next year. I won't be shocked if he touches seven. Um, But I just know that um, that is probably the biggest transfer uh, to ever hit the portal. Why did he leave Michigan? Uh, Was it, uh, it, it, what was the leading reason why Hunter Dickinson didn't stick around to finish his career with Juwan Howard in Ann Arbor? I just think that Hunter wants to win a national championship. I think he wants to go to a Final Four. Uh, I think he wants to, you know, I think he wants to, you know, contend at the highest level. And I feel that, you know, he's he was averaging like eighteen and nine this past year, very similar numbers to the year prior, with two rosters that and lineups and rotations that didn't benefit him. So the fact that he was still able to be so good on the court despite despite a lack of a lot around him um, is saying a lot, which is which is strange because you just had Kobe Buffkin going to get drafted this year, Jed Howard going to get drafted this year, but still the drop-off in terms of the right guys around him, really like who are the veterans on this team who you could play 30, 35 minutes outside of him? Um, none. So I think at the end of the day, 
he owes it to himself. He's worked out the last 15, 16 years working on his game. And for him to get to this point, he just knows that he's like, he knows that his last one to two years will be better off suited somewhere else where maybe that rotation and lineup um, can get him to a Final Four, can get him to a national championship. Because as we all know, the teams that do well in the NCAA tournament who really, truly compete, they have really strong perimeter play. Look at UConn, look at San Diego State, shoot. Look at FAU, look at Miami. Strong backcourts who are able to dictate flow and dictate the game. He knows that it's not all about him. Um, and as a big man, you know, he's automatically going to be like second most important. He needs to go somewhere that's going to have a legit backcourt um, that is going to be able to play with him, whether it's in the pick and roll uh, and just and all in the right system as well, too. But at the end of the day, he wants to go out with a team and a roster that's going to win or that can compete for a Final Four and National Championship. And looking at the roster and looking at, you know, so far who, who like, just – just taking a step back and looking at this roster, um, it doesn't say that. It doesn't mirror what his what his what his what his future goals are. So, not shocked, um, and I don't blame him for it either, honestly. And right, good stuff. Wonderful conversation, my man. We'll talk soon. My best to you and your family. Hey, you too, man. Have a good one. Thank All right, you. And right. Follow him on Twitter. It's awesome. If you love hoops, A N T. W-R-I-G-H-T. We do have our Bushlight huge question of the day. Did you watch more of the NCAA women's basketball tournament this year than ever before? You can answer that question on the Mercantile Bank listener line at 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. At HUGE Show on Twitter, The HUGE Show on Facebook, and also opt in on the HUGE text chain. Text the word HUGE. The 21,000. Everything huge 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. At Mercantile Bank, we believe supporting the communities we serve is a vital part of who we are. Our team is here to make a positive impact, a real difference, and we're always looking for leaders to join our team because we're not just a bank. We're a partner here to support what matters most. Come grow with us. Visit MercBank.com to learn more and let's support our community together. Mercantile Bank, member FDIC, equal opportunity employer. Get ready to swing for a good cause at Vandal Institute, Purple Communities, 11th Annual Be Brave Golf Outing on May 6th at Thornapple Point Golf Club in GR. It's a day of fun for all golf enthusiasts and proceeds benefit breast cancer research at Vandal Institute. Register at VAI.org. The 1-2. Right side, there it is! Hey, sports fans, here's a hanging curveball that you can knock out of the ballpark. This is Matt Shepard, the voice of Detroit baseball, inviting you to step up to the plate at Eagle Casino and Sports, the mobile sports book where you can bet on all your favorites all year round, including, of course, our national pastime. So download the app and start winning today. Eagle Casino and Sports, made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Must be 21 years or older and in Michigan to play. There are a lot of reasons why some people would never want to be a cop. It's not 9 to 5, no two days are ever the same, it isn't safe, and it is never easy. There are also a lot of reasons why some people would never want to be anything other than a cop. 
It's not nine to five. No two days are ever the same. It isn't safe. And it is never easy. So, which one are you? Visit MichiganPoliceChiefs.org and find out. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. The Huge Show is back live across Michigan. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer. This Saturday, the action-packed UFC 287 fight card finishes with an epic rematch. Longtime rivals Alex Pereira and Israel Adesanya will face off again for the middleweight title. Throw down for your shot to win big by downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app, the official sports betting partner of UFC. New customers who use code HUGE. After they download the app, use code HUGE when you sign up, then can bet just $5 on a pre-fight money line and get $150 in bonus bets if their fighter wins. Just use that code HUGE when you sign up after downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app. 24-7, everything you need connected to this show is free and available on your schedule at thehugeshow.net. Big. Bad. Huge.